0: book seven part two of laws by plato translated by benjamin jowett this librivox recording is in the public domain athenian let us then affirm the paradox that strains of music are our laws no more and this latter being the name which the ancients gave to lyric songs they probably would not have very much objected to our proposed application of the word some one either asleep or awake must have had a dreamy suspicion of their nature and let our decree be as follows no one in singing or dancing shall offend against public and consecrated models and the general fashion among the youth any more than he would offend against any other law and he who observes this law shall be blameless but he who is disobedient as i was saying shall be punished by the guardians of the laws and by the priests and priestesses suppose that we imagine this to be our law cleinias very good athenian can any one who makes such laws escape ridicule let us see i think that our only safety will be in first framing certain models for composers one of these models shall be as follows if when a sacrifice is going on and the victims are being burnt according to law if i say any one who may be a son or brother standing by another at the altar and over the victims horribly blasphemes will not his words inspire despondency and evil omens and forebodings in the mind of his father and of his other kinsmen cleinias of course athenian and this is just what takes place in almost all our cities a magistrate offers a public sacrifice and there come in not one but many choruses who take up a position a little way from the altar and from time to time pour forth all sorts of horrible blasphemies on the sacred rites exciting the souls of the audience with words and rhythms and melodies most sorrowful to hear and he who at the moment when the city is offering sacrifice makes the citizens weep most carries away the palm of victory now ought we not to forbid such strains as these and if ever our citizens must hear such lamentations then on some unblessed and inauspicious day let there be choruses of foreign and hired minstrels like those hirelings who accompany the departed at funerals with barbarous carrion chants that is the sort of thing which will be appropriate if we have such strains at all and let the apparel of the singers be not circlets and ornaments of gold but the reverse enough of all this i will simply ask once more whether we shall lay down as one of our principles of song cleinias what athenian that we should avoid every word of evil omen let that kind of song which is of good omen be heard everywhere and always in our state i need hardly ask again but shall assume that you agree with me cleinias by all means that law is approved by the suffrages of us all athenian but what shall be our next musical law or type ought not prayers to be offered up to the gods when we sacrifice cleinias certainly athenian and our third law if i am not mistaken will be to the effect that our poets understanding prayers to be requests which we make to the gods will take especial heed that they do not by mistake ask for evil instead of good to make such a prayer would surely be too ridiculous cleinias very true athenian were we not a little while ago quite convinced that no silver or golden plutus should dwell in our state cleinias to be sure athenian and what has it been the object of our argument to show did we not imply that the poets are not always quite capable of knowing what is good or evil and if one of them utters a mistaken prayer in song or words he will make our citizens pray for the opposite of what is good in matters of the highest import than which, as I was saying, there can be few greater mistakes shall we then propose as one of our laws and models relating to the Muses? cleinias, what? Will you explain the law more precisely? Athenian, shall we make a law that the poet shall compose nothing contrary to the ideas of the lawful or just or beautiful or good which are allowed in the state? nor shall he be permitted to communicate his compositions to any private individuals until he shall have shown them to the appointed judges and the guardians of the law and they are satisfied with them as to the persons whom we appoint to be our legislators about music and as to the director of education these have been already indicated once more then as i have asked more than once shall this be our third law and type and model what do you say cleinias let it be so by all means athenian then it will be proper to have hymns and praises of the gods intermingled with prayers and after the gods prayers and praises should be offered in like manner to demigods and heroes suitable to their several characters cleinias certainly athenian in the next place there will be no objection to a law that citizens who are departed and have done good and energetic deeds either with their souls or with their bodies and have been obedient to the laws should receive eulogies this will be very fitting cleinias quite true athenian but to honour with hymns and panegyrics those who are still alive is not safe a man should run his chorus and make a fair ending and then we will praise him and let praise be given equally to women as well as men who have been distinguished in virtue the order of songs and dances shall be as follows there are many ancient musical compositions and dances which are excellent and from these the newly founded city may freely select what is proper and suitable and they shall choose judges of not less than fifty years of age who shall make the selection and any of the old poems which they deem sufficient they shall include any that are deficient or altogether unsuitable they shall either utterly throw aside or examine and demand taking into their counsel poets and musicians and making use of their poetical genius but explaining to them the wishes of the legislator in order that they may regulate dancing music and all choral strains according to the mind of the judges and not allowing them to indulge except in some few matters their individual pleasures and fancies now the irregular strain of music is always made ten thousand times better by attaining to law and order and rejecting the honeyed muse not however that we mean wholly to exclude pleasure which is the characteristic of all music and if a man be brought up from childhood to the age of discretion and maturity in the use of the orderly and severe music when he hears the opposite he detests it and calls it illiberal but if trained in the sweet and vulgar music he deems the severer kind cold and displeasing so that as i was saying before while he who hears them gains no more pleasure from the one than from the other the one has the advantage of making those who are trained in it better men whereas the other makes them worse Cleinias, very true athenian again we must distinguish and determine on some general principle what songs are suitable to women and what to men and must assign to them their proper melodies and rhythms it is shocking for a whole harmony to be inharmonical or for a rhythm to be unrhythmical and this will happen when the melody is inappropriate to them and therefore the legislator must assign to these also their forms now both sexes have melodies and rhythms which of necessity belong to them and those of women are clearly enough indicated by their natural difference The grand, and that which tends to courage, may be fairly called manly, but that which inclines to moderation and temperance may be declared, both in law and in ordinary speech, to be the more womanly quality. This, then, will be the general order of them. Let us now speak of the manner of teaching and imparting them, and the persons to whom, and the time when, they are severally to be imparted as the shipwright first lays down the lines of the keel and thus as it were draws the ship in outline so do i seek to distinguish the patterns of life and lay down their keels according to the nature of different men's souls seeking truly to consider by what means and in what ways we may go through the voyage of life best now human affairs are hardly worth considering in earnest and yet we must be in earnest about them a sad necessity constrains us and having got thus far there will be a fitness in our completing the matter if we can only find some suitable method of doing so but what do i mean some one may ask this very question and quite rightly too cleinias certainly athenian i say that about serious matters a man should be serious and about a matter which is not serious he should not be serious and that God is the natural and worthy object of our most serious and blessed endeavors. For man, as I said before, is made to be the plaything of God, and this truly considered is the best of him. Wherefore also every man and woman should walk seriously and pass life in the noblest of pastimes, and be of another mind from what they are at present. Cleinias, in what respect? athenian at present they think that their serious pursuits should be for the sake of their sports for they deem war a serious pursuit which must be managed well for the sake of peace but the truth is that there neither is nor has been nor ever will be either amusement or instruction in any degree worth speaking of in war which is nevertheless deemed by us to be the most serious of our pursuits and therefore as we say every one of us should live the life of peace as long and as well as he can and what is the right way of living are we to live in sports always if so in what kind of sports we ought to live sacrificing and singing and dancing and then a man will be able to propitiate the gods and to defend himself against his enemies and conquer them in battle the type of song or dance by which we will propitiate them has been described and the paths along which he is to proceed have been cut for him he will go forward in the spirit of the poet telemachus some things thou wilt thyself find in thy heart but other things god will suggest for i deem that thou wast not born or brought up without the will of the gods and this ought to be the view of our Alumni, they ought to think that what has been said is enough for them and that any other things their genius and god will suggest to them he will tell them to whom and when and to what god severally they are to sacrifice and perform dances and how they may propitiate the deities and live according to the appointment of nature being for the most part puppets but having some little share of reality megillus you have a low opinion of mankind stranger athenian nay megillus be not amazed but forgive me i was comparing them with the gods and under that feeling i spoke let us grant if you wish that the human race is not to be despised but is worthy of some consideration next follow the buildings of gymnasia and schools open to all these are to be in three places in the midst of the city and outside the city and in the surrounding country also in three places there shall be schools for horse exercise and large grounds arranged with a view to archery and the throwing of missiles at which young men may learn and practice of these mention has already been made and if the mention be not sufficiently explicit let us speak further of them and embody them in laws in these several schools let there be dwellings for teachers who shall be brought from foreign parts by pay and let them teach those who attend the schools the art of war and the art of music and the children shall come not only if their parents please but if they do not please there shall be compulsory education as the saying is of all and sundry as far as this is possible and the pupil shall be regarded as belonging to the state rather than to their parents my law would apply to females as well as males they shall both go through the same exercises i assert without fear of contradiction that gymnastic and horsemanship are as suitable to women as to men of the truth of this i am persuaded from ancient tradition and at the present day there are said to be countless myriads of women in the neighbourhood of the black sea called Saramatidis, who not only ride on horseback like men, but have enjoined upon them the use of bows and other weapons equally with the men. And I further affirm that if these things are possible, nothing can be more absurd than the practice which prevails in our own country of men and women not following the same pursuits with all their strength and with one mind, for thus the state, instead of being a whole, is reduced to a half but has the same imposts to pay and the same toils to undergo, and what can be a greater mistake for any legislator to make than this? Cleinias? very true, yet much of what has been asserted by us, stranger, is contrary to the custom of states, still in saying that the discourse should be allowed to proceed, and that when the discussion is completed, we should choose what seems best. You spoke very properly, and I now feel compunction for what I have said. Tell me then what you would next wish to say. Athenian, I should wish to say, Cleinias, as I said before, that if the possibility of these things were not sufficiently proven in fact, then there might be an objection to the argument. But the fact being, as I have said, he who rejects the law must find some other ground of objection and failing this our exhortation will still hold good nor will any one deny that women ought to share as far as possible in education and in other ways with men for consider if women do not share in their whole life with men then they must have some other order of life cleinias certainly athenian and what arrangement of life to be found anywhere is preferable to this community which we are now assigning to them shall we prefer that which is adopted by the thracians and many other races who use their women to till the ground and to be shepherds of their herds and flocks and to minister to them like slaves or shall we do as we and people in our part of the world do getting together as the phrase is all our goods and chattels into one dwelling we entrust them to our women who are the stewards of them and who also preside over the shuttles and the whole art of spinning or shall we take a middle course as in lacedaemon megillus letting the girls share in gymnastic and music while the grown-up women no longer employed in spinning wool are hard at work weaving the web of life which will be no cheap or mean employment and in the duty of serving and taking care of the household and bringing up the children in which they will observe a sort of mien not participating in the toils of war and if there were any necessity that they should fight for their city and families unlike the amazons they would be unable to take part in archery or any other skilled use of missiles nor could they after the example of the goddess carry shield or spear or stand up nobly for their country when it was being destroyed and strike terror into their enemies if only because they were seen In regular order living as they do they would never dare at all to imitate the saromatides who when compared with ordinary women would appear to be like men let him who will praise your legislators but i must say what i think the legislator ought to be whole and perfect and not half a man only he ought not to let the female sex live softly and waste money and have no order of life while he takes the utmost care of the male sex, and leaves half of life only blessed with happiness, when he might have made the whole state happy. Megillus, what shall we do, Cleinias? Shall we allow a stranger to run down Sparta in this fashion? Cleinias, yes, for as we have given him liberty of speech, we must let him go on until we have perfected the work of legislation. Megillus, very true, Athenian, then now I may proceed. Cleinias, by all means. Athenian, what will be the manner of life among men who may be supposed to have their food and clothing provided for them in moderation, and who have entrusted the practice of the arts to others, and whose husbandry committed to slaves paying a part of the produce brings them a return sufficient for men living temperately? who moreover have common tables in which the men are placed apart, and near them are the common tables of their families, of their daughters and mothers, which day by day the officers, male and female, are to inspect. They shall see to the behaviour of the company, and so dismiss them, after which the presiding magistrate and his attendants shall honour with libations those gods to whom that day and night are dedicated and then go home to men whose lives are thus ordered is there no work remaining to be done which is necessary and fitting but shall each one of them live fattening like a beast such a life is neither just nor honourable nor can he who lives it fail of meeting his due and the due reward of the idle fatted beast is that he should be torn in pieces by some other valiant beast whose fatness is worn down by brave deeds and toil these regulations if we duly consider them will never be exactly carried into execution under present circumstances nor as long as women and children and houses and all other things are the private property of individuals but if we can attain the second best form of polity we shall be very well off and to men living under this second polity there remains a work to be accomplished which is far from being small or insignificant, but is the greatest of all works, and ordained by the appointment of righteous law. For the life which may be truly said to be concerned with the virtue of body and soul is twice, or more than twice, as full of toil and trouble as the pursuit after Pythian and Olympic victories, which debars a man from every employment of life for there ought to be no by-work interfering with the greater work of providing the necessary exercise and nourishment for the body and instruction and education for the soul night and day are not long enough for the accomplishment of their perfection and consummation and therefore to this end all freemen ought to arrange the way in which they will spend their time during the whole course of the day from morning till evening and from evening till the morning of the next sunrise there may seem to be some impropriety in the legislator determining minutely the numberless details of the management of the house including such particulars as the duty of wakefulness in those who are to be perpetual watchmen of the whole city for that any citizen should continue during the whole of any night in sleep instead of being seen by all his servants always the first to awake and get up this whether the regulation is to be called a law or only a practice should be deemed base and unworthy of a freeman Also that the mistress of the house should be awakened by her handmaidens instead of herself first awakening them is what the slaves, male and female, and the serving boys, and if that were possible, everybody and everything in the house should regard as base. If they rise early, they may all of them do much of their public and of their household business as magistrates in the city, and masters and mistresses in their private houses before the sun is up much sleep is not required by nature either for our souls or bodies or for the actions which they perform for no one who is asleep is good for anything any more if he were dead but he of us who has the most regard for life and reason keeps awake as long as he can, reserving only so much time for sleep as is expedient for health, and much sleep is not required if the habit of moderation be once rightly formed. Magistrates in states who keep awake at night are terrible to the bad, whether enemies or citizens, and are honoured and reverenced by the just and temperate, and are useful to themselves and to the whole state a night which is passed in such a manner in addition to all the above-mentioned advantages infuses a sort of courage into the minds of the citizens when the day breaks the time has arrived for youth to go to their schoolmasters now neither sheep nor any other animals can live without a shepherd nor can children be left without tutors or slaves without masters and of all animals the boy is the most unmanageable inasmuch as he has the fountain of reason in him not yet regulated he is the most insidious sharp-witted and insubordinate of animals wherefore he must be bound with many bridles in the first place when he gets away from mothers and nurses he must be under the management of tutors on account of his childishness and foolishness then again being a freeman he must be controlled by teachers no matter what they teach and by studies but he is also a slave and in that regard any freeman who comes in his way may punish him and his tutor and his instructor if any of them does anything wrong and he who comes across him and does not inflict upon him the punishment which he deserves shall incur the greatest disgrace and let the guardian of the law who is the director of education see to him who coming in the way of the offences which we have mentioned does not chastise them when he ought or chastises them in a way which he ought not let him keep a sharp look-out and take especial care of the training of our children directing their natures and always turning them to good according to the law but how can our law sufficiently train the director of education himself for as yet all has been imperfect and nothing has been said either clear or satisfactory now as far as possible the law ought to leave nothing to him but to explain everything that he may be an interpreter and tutor to others about dances and music and choral strains i have already spoken both as to the character of the selection of them and the manner in which they are to be amended and consecrated but we have not as yet spoken o illustrious guardian of education of the manner in which your pupils are to use those strains which are written in prose although you have been informed what martial strains they are to learn and practice what relates in the first place to the learning of letters and secondly to the lyre and also to calculation which as we were saying is needful for them all to learn and any other things which are required with a view to war and the management of house and city and looking to the same object what is useful in the revolutions of the heavenly bodies the stars and sun and moon and the various regulations about these matters which are necessary for the whole state i am speaking of the arrangements of days and periods of months and of months and years which are to be observed in order that seasons and sacrifices and festivals may have their regular and natural order and keep the city alive and awake the gods receiving the honours due to them and men having a better understanding about them all these things o my friend have not yet been sufficiently declared to you by the legislator attend then to what I am now going to say. We were telling you in the first place that you were not sufficiently informed about letters, and the objection was to this effect, that you were never told whether he, who was meant to be a respectable citizen, should apply himself in detail to that sort of learning, or not apply himself at all. And the same remark holds good of the study of the liar, but now we say that he ought to attend to them, a fair time for a boy of ten years old to spend in letters is three years. The age of thirteen is the proper time for him to begin to handle the lyre, and he may continue at this for another three years, neither more nor less, and whether his father or himself like or dislike the study, he is not to be allowed to spend more or less time in learning music than the law allows and let him who disobeys the law be deprived of those youthful honours of which we shall hereafter speak here however first of all what the young ought to learn in the early years of life and what their instructors ought to teach them they ought to be occupied with their letters until they are able to read and write but the acquisition of perfect beauty or quickness in writing if nature has not stimulated them to acquire these accomplishments in the given number of years they should let alone and as to the learning of compositions committed to writing which are not set to the lyre whether metrical or without rhythmical divisions compositions in prose as they are termed, having no rhythm or harmony, seeing how dangerous are the writings handed down to us by many writers of this class, what will you do with them, O most excellent guardians of the law? Or how can the lawgiver rightly direct you about them? I believe that he will be in great difficulty. Cleinias, what troubles you, stranger, and why are you so perplexed in your mind?' Athenian, you naturally ask, Cleinias, and to you and Megillus, who are my partners in the work of legislation, I must state the more difficult as well as the easier parts of the task. Cleinias, to what do you refer in this instance? Athenian, I will tell you, there is a difficulty in opposing many myriads of mouths. Cleinias, well, and have we not already opposed the popular voice in many important enactments? Athenian, at that is quite true and you mean to imply that the road which we are taking may be disagreeable to some but is agreeable to as many others or if not to as many at any rate to persons not inferior to the others and in company with them you bid me at whatever risk to proceed along the path of legislation which has opened out of our present discourse and to be of good cheer and not to faint cleinias certainly athenian and i do not faint i say indeed that we have a great many poets writing in hexameter trimeter and all sorts of measures some who are serious others who aim only at raising a laugh and all mankind declare that the youth who are rightly educated should be brought up in them and saturated with them some insist that they should be constantly hearing them read aloud and always learning them so as to get by heart entire poets while others select choice passages and long speeches and make compendiums of them saying that these ought to be committed to memory if a man is to be made good and wise by experience and learning of many things and you want me now to tell them plainly in what they are right and in what they are wrong Cleinias, yes, I do. Athenian, but how can I, in one word, rightly comprehend all of them? I am of opinion, and if I am not mistaken, there is a general agreement that every one of these poets has said many things well, and many things the reverse of well. And if this be true, then I do affirm that much learning is dangerous to youth cleinias how would you advise the guardian of the law to act athenian in what respect cleinias i mean to what pattern should he look as his guide in permitting the young to learn some things and forbidding them to learn others do not shrink from answering athenian my good cleinias i rather think that i am fortunate cleinias how so athenian i think that i am not wholly in want of a pattern for when i consider the words which we have spoken from early dawn until now and which as i believe have been inspired by heaven they appear to me to be quite like a poem when i reflected upon all these words of ours i naturally felt pleasure for of all the discourses which i have ever learnt or heard either in poetry or prose this seemed to me to be the justest and most suitable for young men to hear i cannot imagine any better pattern than this which the guardian of the law who is also the director of education can have he cannot do better than advise the teachers to teach the young these words and any which are of like nature if he should happen to find them either in poetry or prose or if he come across unwritten discourses akin to ours he should certainly preserve them and commit them to writing and first of all he shall constrain the teachers themselves to learn and approve them and any of them who will not shall not be employed by him but those whom he finds agreeing in his judgment he shall make use of and shall commit to them the instruction and education of youth and here and on this wise let my fanciful tale about letters and teachers of letters come to an end cleinias i do not think stranger that we have wandered out of the proposed limits of the argument but whether we are right or not in our whole conception i cannot be very certain Athenian, the truth, Cleinias, may be expected to become clearer when, as we have often said, we arrive at the end of the whole discussion about laws. Cleinias, yes. Athenian, and now that we have done with the teacher of letters, the teacher of the liar has to receive orders from us. End of Book 7, Part 2